This is the Iyer What Now podcast, in which Mary Thompson and Jerry Thompson explore Ayurvedic principles and make them easy to understand so that you can benefit from this amazing health science. We're glad you're here. So, Mary, there's a question I have for you about turmeric. And, mm-hmm. and let me tell you how this started. Uh, you know, of course, our mom had uh, Alzheimer's. She uh, passed on. And uh, I was taking her down to see our brother, John. Um, well, without getting into too much of the details, it, it, I was at a motel with my mother and my brother. And we thought that we had the door barricaded when we went to sleep. But when we got up, we saw that our, our mom was missing. She was wandering around, and at this stage of Alzheimer's, she was prone to wandering and um, didn't always know where she was. And of course, this is a strange environment, which compounded that. Um, so John and I went out running, and we eventually found her somewhere on the grounds. And I had alerted the um, staff there, who happened to be from India, and uh, she uh, she actually, I think, had helped us with pointing out where she thought my mom was. And then we got her. And then she commented later about how what could help prevent this is turmeric, that it, it, it's, uh, it will help prevent uh, Alzheimer's. And of course, you know, it wasn't good for my mom, but it would probably be good for John and I. <laughs> but, uh, um, and, and I said, yeah, and I started taking turmeric, but I don't, really no that it seems like that would fit into ayurvedic medicine but is it specific to uh, uh bata or pitta or is it general or uh what what's all about turmeric and the association with uh, forgetfulness and uh, uh alzheimer's okay oh that's a great question turmeric is of course a culinary spice yes and people in india use it in curries and so they're getting a little dose of turmeric every day and anecdotally, people would look and see hmm, there was less incidence or less diagnosed conditions of dementia in India. So research began to be done about what could be the cause for that. There is some promising research that shows that turmeric has a preventive quality around dementia, um, especially Alzheimer's. It's been shown in some research to actually help to dissolve amyloid plaque. So for anybody listening who doesn't know, like there's plaque deposits in the brain that they're looking at is they're always present in Alzheimer's dementia, but they're also present in most brains that are over 65 years old. You know, so it's, it's kind of like one of those things you could have the plaque deposits without dementia, which is great. Uh, Mm -hmm. But you could have, if you do have dementia, you probably have these plaque deposits. And the theory there is that the brain, the neurons work new pathways in a healthy, in healthy brain tissue. It works new pathways around these plaque deposits in some brains and in the brains of Alzheimer's patients, the, it's not doing that. So turmeric does a number of things. Turmeric is like one of these panacea herbal products that it has so many different functions. It's looked as being liver protectant. And so Mm -hmm. it helps to resolve things like fatty liver or to stabilize liver enzymes and things like that. Now, I should preface this with when I'm talking about these, most of the research is done on animals more so than on people. And so 
you know, it may have this effect in a rat. Does it have that effect in a human? Possibly anecdotally, but not necessarily that they've played out through so when you say this effect on um, animal research, are you talking about the plaques in the brain or the uh, uh, reduced inflammation of the liver or? You know, really all of it, because uh -huh. most research that's done on a, a pharmaceutical is paid for by the company that's going to make a profit off of that oh, pharmaceutical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the challenge that we find with turmeric is that there's nobody who's going to make a profit off of it unless they're doing some kind of curcumin extract. So there's there's no real hard and, and strong yeah. research that you can point to. There has been really promising results. Mm -hmm. So looking at turmeric as a preventative, which is what the woman was talking to you about, that's kind of like a thing that everybody believes. I believe it. And mm -hmm. it's so far, you and I are doing great with our memories. So far. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know if, you know if I, I qualify for doing great with my memory, but I don't think I'm any worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Well, you know, and one of the comments that... Um, you had made about mom early on in her diagnosis was, you know, geez, but if she has Alzheimer's, she's probably had it for years because she never could get the names of the kids right. She wouldn't remember what she was talking about. There were a lot of cognitive decline or cognitive impairments that she might have showed up with prior to a diagnosis. Right. And um, and I don't think we have that. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> but but I, I agree with you that we look at our own family history. We had a grandmother with dementia. Our mother had dementia. And then we look in the mirror and think, what can I do to be as healthy as I can be as I age and keep, make sure my brain chemistry is good? Mm -hmm. There's a couple of things about turmeric that I think are really interesting in the realm of, of Alzheimer's and dementia, which is current research is looking at this as possibly related to sugar metabolism in the brain, in the, mm -hmm. the brain tissue. And turmeric is what they call a hypoglycemic, that it helps to reduce blood sugar levels. Hmm. So it could be that part of its impact is this hypoglycemic effect where it reduces the blood sugar. And so it helps to stabilize uh, sugar levels in the brain, which are looking as being problematic in the development of dementia. Now, this opens up a whole new avenue. If it's blood sugar in the brain... Is there uh, increased incidence of dementia with people that have diabetes? You know, that I don't know. I'd have to take a look into that. But they're looking, they also, they call it a different kind of diabetes, that it's specific to what's going on with the brain's metabolism. And I don't think it's necessarily related to sugar intake as much as it is to the ability for the brain to clear out the adenosine and the ability of the brain to do its work at night. Okay. I believe that dementia rather than tied in directly to diet is probably a whole dietary lifestyle effect. Um, they see an increase in dementia in people who drink more alcohol and that breaks down into sugar. And that's more of a sugar that you're going to have to deal with at the nerve tissue, as opposed to in the cells of the body. That mm -hmm. This is a, another interesting thing with Ayurveda. They look at, there are certain foodstuffs or herb stuff that target specific tissue. Mm -hmm. And so alcohol is looked at as a carrier when you want to have an herb that's going to affect your nervous system. You want to do it in a tincture because it's going to get you that. It's going to direct the action of the herb mm -hmm. into nerve tissue. Mm -hmm. So there's a part of it. It could be related with that. But I, I tend to think it's everything they're finding. 
highly processed meats with nitrates. Nitrates is is problematic. They look at alcohol. They look at. Uh, I don't think that they've linked a specific diet. I know we've you know had the history of aluminum that's present in the in the environment. Mm. We've got pollution. We've got all these um, products that tend to throw the body off the chemicals that are made to preserve food or to dye the food or any of these things. So it's kind of like we're bombarded with different things. And this is where turmeric comes in. And this is why people love turmeric is it helps to bind with these chemicals and get pull them out of the body by supporting liver function. It reduces these chemicals in the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And then it has the known effect of actually kind of dissolving some of these plaque deposits in the brain. If somebody though, if they continued with a diet that's really high in nitrates, for example, or nitrites, mm-hmm. um, is the tumor going to do anything? You know, it's kind of like so often we want the magic bullet. We want to take something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a client one time who got migraines because she, whenever she ate processed sugar, she would get a migraine. And I asked her what her overall goal was. And she said, I want to get to the point where I can eat sugar and not get a migraine. You know, <laughs> but um, it's, it's just, we want what we want and we don't want to, we want to find a way that I can offset any negative consequences. And a big part of the first 25, 26 sessions of our podcast was about how our choices make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a big part, but back to turmeric. Turmeric is looked at as one of the premier herbs mm-hmm. that you can get one it has very low incidence of side effects over the course of the last 25 years i had one client who had a negative reaction to turmeric she was allergic to some probably the curcumin compound mm. and you know i'd never heard of that yeah <laughs> and so i just Would she, she get called like up. She a, goes, oh, my. a rash and stuff or mm-hmm. uh, she yeah. had well she had some digestive upset she had a rash and a headache And, uh, but it was specifically from the turmeric. And so we pulled that out and I was assuring her, I said, you know, this is, she goes, how common is this? And I said, we have a continent in Asia, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we have this country in Asia that has a a billion people. And for the most part, they're all eating turmeric every day. So it can't be a really common allergen Mm -hmm. or it would, you know, you'd sure see it in that population. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I, I mix it with olive oil when I take mm-hmm. it just to uh, because I, I take two teaspoons uh, a, a day or maybe a little more. And um, I take it once a day in the morning. And I, I guess because it's not water soluble and it's um, oil soluble, it sort of looks like paint when I mix it up. And of course, it tastes mm-hmm. terrible. But uh, um, do you think that helps with the absorption at all? Or it, 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 I do. There's a few things to make turmeric more bioavailable, which means more that the body can absorb it better and work with it better. And so when you do it with an oil or you do it with black pepper. So that's another thing people often do is a little twist of black pepper. It doesn't have to be um, a high ratio of the turmeric to black pepper. It's like you can go one part of black pepper to about 200 parts of turmeric to get the, Mm -hmm. the digestible aspect of it. Ginger is another thing that can help. And like you had said, oils. Mm-hmm. Now I mentioned earlier, like Ayurveda looks like alcohol directs the action towards the towards the nervous tissue, mm-hmm. but oils direct the action towards the liver. Mm-hmm. 
So when you want to get those cleansing actions of turmeric, putting it in an oil really supports you in getting that turmeric to the liver so it can work against whatever challenges the livers have. Oh, that's good. So it's, yeah. But it's less on the brain when it has the uh, oil base. Would it be better with alcohol? you're still going to get positive action because the brain loves fat. Mm, And so it is going to, you are going to have action with it and work on the liver is work on the brain too. So so fat molecules, which are kind of large, they can still get through the uh, uh, lead brain barrier. That's an interesting question. The brain's getting fat from somewhere. So it's got, it's, well, actually what I'm going to say is that fat molecules are big, but when they break down into the essential fatty acids, Okay. And that's happening at the liver. That's what's what you're really getting access to is that microscopic fatty acid, um, which is, and so that's going to go across the barrier. But if I was to soak the brain in olive oil, I don't think that's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I often have that question. People will do a, a massage in the morning with Ayurveda and they think, some people will think that oil is getting into their blood and it's like, nah, nah, <laughs> that's not the way the body works. <laughs> You know, but it's it's saturating the skin and preserving that upper layer. Okay. But if we could if we could actually seep oil into the skin, I think we'd be in big trouble. Because <laughs> you know, the liver's working hard enough as it is. <laughs> we yeah. have these big fat molecules <laughs> finding their way into the body. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be problematic. Okay. Now what what turmeric is, is it's warm. Mm-hmm. And so it's gonna have good action for vata dosha. Mm-hmm. but it's also drying. And so by mixing it with the oil, you offset some of that drying quality and mm-hmm. make it better for vata dosha. Okay. With it being and warm me. and yeah, <laughs> with it being warm, it could disturb pitta dosha. And so some people, usually more pitta, might get heated digestive symptoms or a mm-hmm. um, little bit of diarrhea. I've never had anybody really complain about it because then they just, they automatically just reduce their dose and that tends to reduce any symptoms. Mm. Um, because of its cleaning and dry, or heating and drying properties, it tends to be really great for addressing plaque deposits and stabilizing. Um, again, when I say something like stabilizing blood pressure, no herb, well, with exception, there are relatively few herbs that are gonna, that are gonna bring down a blood pressure that is too high. You know, but it's like helping the body to maintain homeostasis and to clear the blood, uh, reduce kind of those uh, plaque deposits. But it's, I'm not looking at it as a therapeutic herb. Like I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't prescribe it to someone and say, oh, you got high blood pressure. Go ahead and take the turmeric. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to have that kind of strong effect. But if someone has stable blood pressure and they're following a good healthy diet and they're getting some good exercise and they're reducing their stress, then turmeric is going to support them in that, that aim. Okay. Um, let's see. I looked up a few things. Let's see what they have here. That what could turmeric do? Um, I can't believe I forgot to say this. It's naturally anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Now, again, if I've sprained my ankle, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to say, oh, we'll just take some turmeric and that inflammation will go right away. You know, inflammation's a body response to injury. And so it's a good thing. But because of our stress, stress levels, because of our diet, because of our lifestyles, a lot of us have kind of this low level inflammation in the body. 
Mm-hmm. And this causes problems along with blood pressure and along with the clearing of the blood and along with dementia. So the turmeric can support kind of this reduction of this underlying slight inflammation that's going on in the body. Mm-hmm. And uh, like there's, I always say there's inflammation and there's inflammation, you know, and there's inflammation that is the body doing a really good thing, which is increasing circulation to get white blood cells to an area for healing. And you want to support that. That's like, yes, I want that. And then there's inflammation that is coming on because my diet's poor, my lifestyle. And then the tumor can help, but the bigger thing is addressing the diet, the lifestyle. Sure. Oh, one more question I got. Uh, You you said it does have a hyperglycemic um, effect. Do you think diabetics should just take it as as a medication to help reduce their uh, blood glucose level? I wouldn't use the word medication, but I would say as a supplement, either to take it as as you're taking it, Mm -hmm. which is taking anywhere like a half teaspoon is great. And if you go up more than that, oh, this is really funny. I had a student in class one time who was a huge fan of turmeric Mm -hmm. and such a huge fan. He would come in with like a mason jar with maybe this filled with a turmeric liquid decoction that he had made. Mm -hmm. And his body odor smelled a particular way. It wasn't bad. It wasn't offensive, but it smelled a certain way. And he convinced all of his fellow classmates that they needed to be taking turmeric in this high dose. It was probably like three or four tablespoons in the, in the water. And I began to get students coming up and asking me, they would say, I don't know what's happening, but my sweat smells funny. (laughs) And I, and I, I would say, how much turmeric you take? (laughs) (laughs) Because it was when you reached a saturation point, it began to smell. You kind of smell a little bit like turmeric, a little bit metallic. And mm-hmm. I just said, you know, just cut back to less than a tablespoon. And mm-hmm. uh, without fail, that that resolved that issue. But mm-hmm. so I'll tell people that. I say, if you start to notice that your body odor is shifting, um, that you're smelling. The same thing with garlic. You know, if you start to smell the garlic, you're probably taking too much garlic. <laughs> so if you start to smell like turmeric, you're probably taking too much turmeric. But um you know, people are seeing benefit at even a half teaspoon a day. Mm-hmm. So that can be, I, and they're not going to have any negative. Con- oh, I always, I always caution that. I don't want to say a blanket statement. They're yeah, unlikely yeah. It, it, to have yeah. a negative consequence at that dose. They could have the allergy. Um, if the person was a type one diabetic or what's called insulin dependent, where they yeah. have to be checking their blood sugar, I'd have them check and just see what is the impact of this. Does it affect my blood sugar? Because they're going to have to regulate a little bit more closely than someone who's not insulin dependent. Mm. But as a general rule, I would say for anybody who is not dependent on insulin, including turmeric in your diet is a really great way just to support your body in keeping those blood sugar levels moderated in addition to diet lifestyle. Okay. Good. I want to mention this because I thought this was really interesting to me about dementia and not necessarily dementia and turmeric, but dementia in India. Yes. Is I had a friend, he's a researcher, at, or he was a researcher at the Buck Institute working really closely with dementia. And he was an Ayurvedic mm-hmm. student. And so he was very interested. And he was an Indian man. So he had all these going for him um, and ways of looking at it. And so he was really focused on turmeric and its impact on dementia in India. Mm-hmm. And he went and visited a family member. And it was um, an aunt or a cousin or someone. 
And he noticed that the mother was showing some signs of dementia. And so he made a comment about uh, her having possible dementia. And they said, yeah, we kind of noticed that. And he said, well, have you had her talk to a doctor or anything? And they said, no. And they said, why? Why wouldn't you do that? He said, well, you know, what are we going to do different? We're not going to send her away. We, we're, we're taking care of her. She's going to live yeah. with us for the rest of her life. And we were, he and I were talking after that. And he said, I don't know if there's a lower incidence of dementia or if it goes underreported because there is such a strong intergenerational community mm-hmm. that, you know, when the parent gets to the point where they're not cognitively able, nobody's really looking to send them off somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in the U.S., we have uh, our seniors are a lot more independent, and mm-hmm. they when they get to the place where they can't be independent, they're not usually moving in with a family member. They're usually going into a facility. Yeah, it's a different culture. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered if uh, that made me wonder: Well, is the turmeric having an effect, or is it you know that yeah. it's Probably just a little A, little B? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's. It does have so many benefits in the body as far as another, and that's like about the anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. It's also an antioxidant. And so the free radicals, which are just hydrogen ions, um, the more of those we have, and they're going to increase when we're under stress, they're going to increase because we have a crummy diet, they're going to increase when we don't exercise. If we have too many of these free radicals, we age faster. Mm-hmm. So it's another wonderful thing about turmeric to give it slowing down the aging process because that anti-inflammatory action. That's my whole and goal. I, I, I want to get old slower. That's, <laughs> so that's that's, that's, that is exactly it, right? I don't, I'm not trying to hang on to youth. I just want to age to where it's not, I still get to have quality of life. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, and I, yeah, that's basically me too. I, I this one reason I um, exercise pretty regular and uh, try to watch my diet. Although yeah, I don't. Oh, I saw you did close. a big walk. You did yeah, a big hike yeah, the other yeah. day. I hiked about ten miles up in the mountains uh, behind mm-hmm. Milpitas. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It, yeah. It's still a little muddy there, and of course, it's it's raining right now, so it's a lot muddier. I'm glad I did it yesterday, because now it, it'll be another um, a week before it'll be like it was yesterday. Oh, <laughs> it, right. Well, from the big rains, there's a lot of uh, mudslides that block the trail. So you had to sort of, they were at least dry enough I could walk over. Anyway, back yeah. to... Uh, oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I think you're able to do that because you're taking turmeric every day. There you go. That's right. That's right. I would have given up a lot sooner. <laughs> See, another thing that happens as we age, number one killer, heart disease. And turmeric is credited for reducing inflammation, which can lead to heart disease, uh, reducing the level of atherosclerotic plaques, which can lead to heart disease, and keeping the body kind of fit. Keeping the oh, it's a blood thinner, so mm-hmm. it's going to help the heart in that way as well. It's such a great blood thinner that you I don't know if you've ever had this occur, but if you're going to have surgery, they will ask you to stop taking turmeric prior to the surgery because it can prevent clotting. Interesting. And I thought that, yeah, I thought when they're looking at something, it's like, oh, it does have a medicinal effect. (laughs) They also have me stop aspirin or whatever else, but I thought that was interesting. So if you're, Mm -hmm. sorry. I I aspirin, ibuprofen, any NSAIDs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So it must be having a good action on the inflammation, but also on, I know it does have the blood thinning effect. 
What I think is interesting with that is it's also, what do they call that? A styptic. It stops the flow of blood. Hmm. So if you were to cut yourself superficially, not a deep mm-hmm. cut is not going to be affected by this, but if you cut yourself superficially and you put some turmeric powder on it, it's going to stop the bleeding. It's mm-hmm. a, doesn't cause a coagulation, but it, it kind of makes a, because it's so drying, it creates kind yeah. of a seal hmm. at that, at the area. So that can be, hey, yes. you know, uh, I did have surgery and they didn't mm-hmm. recommend that I stop turmeric, but my recovery time was so much longer than a friend of mine, Bob, that had a similar surgery. Ah. And, and I wonder if that was the reason as I kept taking turmeric. And of course, you want inflammation to a certain extent when you're uh, repairing tissue. And mm-hmm. um, uh, my friend Bob was saying that, you know, your doctor must not be as good as my doctor because <laughs> you know, he, he recovered about half the time I did. And we both. Had this, I would uh, bet turmeric played a role in that. And yeah, I'd hate so, to think of turmeric yeah. doing a bad thing. Yeah. But oh, it kept it, the blood yeah. too thin, prevents. Lowers yeah. the inflammation and. Mm-hmm. He, I certainly he told me not to use uh, NSAIDs or aspirin for pain. Just use Tylenol, mm-hmm. and uh, um, that. Uh, and I and I was just I, I was just kind of thinking, well, I must have been hurt worse than him, you know. But mm-hmm. but yeah, that that, that might have been a contributing factor. I, I don't mm-hmm. know now. Yeah. Well, I wonder being up in the mountains in a small town that's got a you know an Ayurvedic college in the town. It could be that the locals here are more, <laughs> the local hospital is like, oh God, they're probably taking turmeric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, a lot of people don't look, don't think of uh, uh, herbs as doing anything. A lot of right. uh, AMA mm-hmm. folks. So it, yeah. it's just sort of that thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I think that's, that's true for the most part. Um, there certainly are some herbs that have really potent effect, mm-hmm. but if the if the diet and the lifestyle is such that you're creating new problems, the herbs just they aren't going to have the effect because you're not going to digest the herbs any better than you're digesting everything else. Right. Uh, I remember talking to an oncologist one time, and he said that using herbs and chemotherapy, he says it's like holding a feather in front of a steamroller. Yeah. You know, <laughs> because you're gonna you know the herbs aren't going to really they certainly aren't going to negate it because I was checking with him. Um, were there yeah. any things he'd recommend me avoiding for a client that was going through chemo? And he just went, yeah, do what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just didn't see him as having any effect at all. And I was like, yeah, yeah that's interesting. The stronger the medication is, mm-hmm. the less that the herb's going to interfere with the medication and the less it's going to offset it. There are exceptions, which we'll probably talk about if we talk about some different herbs, but I haven't found a turmeric, um, any turmeric products that interfere with medications. Yeah. So there are some like that they work. My general rule as a practitioner was always, if someone's on a medication for a system, a body system, I don't use herbs that would impact that system just to make sure I'm not overdoing. Well, I I know when I was teaching nursing, you always wanted to interview and ask what herbs they were using. One example is a St. John's wort, which can, um, increase your uh, ability to hold on to serotonin mm-hmm. and that if then if you're going to take a serotonin reuptake inhibitor like um, Prozac or something that, that uh, you could go into uh, what's called um, serotonin syndrome that, that is just an over effect like you've mm-hmm. overdosed on the medications so so it's mm-hmm. important 
or healthcare providers to uh, know what's going on. At least I know in that reference, and I'm sure there's many others. Mm -hmm. So if you're concerned, like if I'm taking this supplement and I'm taking this medication, you can do an internet search where you write in, say you're taking Prozac and write down you know, turmeric and Prozac, and you could do any kind of thing and you'll find where those interactions occur. And I'm really glad you mentioned Prozac because I was doing a little research before our conversation that I knew we were talking about turmeric and they talked about antidepressive properties of turmeric. Mm -hmm. And it cited a specific research study that was done on actual humans. And one group had, was taking Prozac only, one group was taking turmeric only, one was taking Prozac and turmeric, and the other was taking nothing. So they had that kind of setup. And they said that the turmeric um, was had similar effect to the Prozac. I don't know why, how it would be impacting that. Mm -hmm. But they said the people that reported the best results were taking Prozac with turmeric. Huh. That uh, the turmeric may have increased its ability to do its work. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned serotonin syndrome. And that's something I always caution my practitioners and students about is being aware of conditions that can negatively impact the person. You know, so often people just say, ah, oh, take some St. John's wort. And it's like, I don't know. You've got you've got this potentially lethal, effectively, combination mm -hmm. where um, you know, increasing the rates of suicidal. Right, actions. Right. And so not with turmeric though, which is great. <laughs> yeah, back to turmeric. Yeah. <laughs> but thinking of St. John's Word again, this is just really quick. I remember reading that St. John's Word had that impact with it um, increased serotonin levels, which also could go to serotonin syndrome, but it also said it could interfere with your uh, contraceptive use. So it could negate the effect of your birth control. And I thought, oh. you think you're depressed now. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia, you have that unwanted pregnancy. Yeah. So it's just being aware of what they are. It's, I, and I recommend this for everybody. If you're, if you're thinking of taking something, just do a quick search about, you know, turmeric side effects or turmeric reasons not to take turmeric. I, I'm hoping you won't find too many. But there's, <laughs> well, I'm there's, sure I'll find some just because it's the internet. Right. <laughs> It'll turn your skin yellow or something. Mm -hmm. um, there is some research being done about turmeric and cancer and basically showing that it helps to prevent cancer. Mm. And, you know, I feel like I'm saying this so many times. It's not going to overcome if you're engaging in behaviors which increase cancer risk. Sure. Then turmeric's not going to not going to do anything, but it's another way to support the body towards better health. Right. That sounds good. Well, I'll keep taking it then. <laughs> and it sounds like it matches my um, uh, uh, my dosha. Yes, it now, does. Now this might end up being a topic for uh, another discussion. But I was thinking this, that I, I'm basically a vata, you're a vata, uh, mm -hmm. your husband's a pitta, and my wife's a kapha. Can you change that? Can you change who you are or is it just sort of that's your nature and by trying to change it's like trying to change your skin color or something it, mm -hmm. it, is it uh it, it, is it set or is it something that somebody could change who they are so the basic nature the basic nature doesn't change mm -hmm. so if you identify as like a vata nature person you're going to be a vata nature person so you're always going to have to be more concerned with slowing down and 
you know, taking it easier. Then your wife who's a kapha, who's going to have to do things, uh, be a little bit physical when she mm-hmm. can and do things to offset the kapha. But once you have kind of pacified the dosha, then our attention goes to seasonally. So you'll always have that tendency to go out of balance in vata. And then you can modify that with what you're doing throughout the year with diet and lifestyle. So the basic, the basic nature Mm -hmm. is kind of like your genetics, Mm -hmm. that you're not going to change the genes, but you can do things that will make them express more disease or express more health. So we don't change that basic nature. One thing in using myself, I see myself having a lot of vata and a lot of pitta. Mm -hmm. The pitta doesn't show up as a lot of heat, but it shows up. I'm pretty well organized. I tend to get overly focused on things. Um, I'm not a big worrier. This would be some more of my pitta things. But when I first got into studying Ayurveda, I would have said I was like 90% vata Mm. because I was underweight. I was anxious. I was... um, had more vata challenges and Mm -hmm. then as i corrected those vata imbalances i began to see more of the the pitta nature come up so i think sometimes our our history from even from the moment pre-birth you know whatever happens while we're in utero that can set the stage for us having some of the imbalances that we identify as the dosha and then if we address those imbalances we might find ourselves, you might find yourself having some kapha under there as well. Cause I see you as mm-hmm. being pretty laid back and mellow and yeah. yeah you know, yeah. And so I think there's some and, kapha and in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, and I think um with, with our childhood, with having uh the parents we did, the mother we did, that there's mm-hmm. some vata imbalance that was created in a chaotic childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's possible that some of that as you resolve vata, you might find, oh, I've actually got some of this stability the greater stability over time mm-hmm. yeah oh good so i'm thinking back to that woman at the hotel and it's a very indian thing to say you need more turmeric because we do see it and ayurveda definitely sees it as an herb that is going to create balance in the blood it's going to take balance in the digestion going to create balance in the nervous system mm-hmm. so why wouldn't you take turmeric that's right <laughs> and again, for anybody who wants to start taking turmeric, do some research, make sure it's not contrary to your medications, but um, start low, start with like a half teaspoon a day. And then as you feel effects or you want to, you can increase it, include a little mm-hmm. bit of oil or a little bit of black pepper and just notice what does it do? You know, I always like to look at like the whites of my eyes. If mm-hmm. they're real white, then I think, oh, my liver's doing pretty well. And when oh. I take the turmeric regularly, I notice my eyes look whiter my skin looks a little clearer. Oh, look at those whites he's got there. (laughs) Jerry's eyes are very white. (laughs) Um, Anything else come up for you around turmeric? Well, let's see. Uh, I I buy it at the grocery outlet and I get Mm -hmm. like a pound for like six bucks. That Mm -hmm. lasts a long time. I I don't know if if it's um, better to buy if, if it could be if if there's junk turmeric and good turmeric or is it all just oh. turmeric? That's a good question. There's probably both. Mm-hmm. You want to find turmeric that's in some way can be kept away from the light because I imagine we're we're typically oh, yeah, buying turmeric powdered. Yeah. 
And so it's in a package and then keep it in a dark cupboard so it oxidizes more slowly. And I noticed, although this product's from India and it's uh, called, you know, certified organic, but originally uh, the first package I bought was light yellow and now it's kind of a darker yellow. Mm -hmm. Is it more mature? I don't know. I I just, I don't like the darker yellow. I think the darker yellows, I think it's got a lot more flavor, a lot more, a lot more. I think, and I go by flavor and well, smell flavor. to see how much oof yeah. is in it. If you say flavor, I suppose that could be good flavor or bad flavor. <laughs> Just strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't. I don't think turmeric has a great taste. Yeah. But if it's yeah. got kind of a strong quality to it, this is another story about mom. I was, I was at her house and I was going to make some food and I, I was called her from Whole Foods and I said, "Do you have any turmeric at home?" And she said, "Oh yeah, I have turmeric." And I said, "When's the last time you made anything with turmeric?" She goes, "Oh, I don't remember." I said, I'm going to yeah. buy some and we'll deal with it. When I got home, she pulled out this, this container of turmeric that I swear is packaging from 1942. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old cardboard, kind of an Art Deco McCormick label package. Yeah, yeah. And it still had the yellow color. And she said, look, it's yeah. still cut. We got this color. I'm sure it's still good, but it had no flavor to it at all. It just was like yeah. a powder. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really funny because I think a lot of us, um, our, our spices will grow old and decrepit on the shelf. And so replacing those, I think grocery outlet, I've, I've done that same one too. You can do from other companies and pay more for it. Mm-hmm. What I'd watch out for, I guess, would be if you opened it and it didn't have any smell to it at all, then it would be like, it's probably pretty old. And mm-hmm. so you just kind of look for it having some vitality to it. Mm-hmm. Usually I like to replace herbs every six months if they're powdered, just because they... Like I said, they oxidize. The more surface area there is, the faster they age. Mm. Um, so there's looking at that. And I don't know if I see any junk ones. Mm-hmm. So I, if, I always go, you know, if, you, if you're suspicious of it, then you say, ah, oh, no, I'm probably not going to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that Grocery Outlet has made a lot of products. They do carry a lot of organic things. And that makes it nice. And for the people who don't know, grocery outlet is kind of a discount grocery. But I noticed that they do on their healthy shelves, they'll carry things that are mm-hmm. um, organic and they're packaged really well. And it's in a yeah. it's in a container that doesn't get light and things like that, which is what yeah, you're looking right. for. Okay, good. Well, now that I know that you buy them at grocery outlet, I feel much safer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think when I do what's available, you know, it's a... Uh, this is one of my favorite lines is Ayurveda should be affordable, accessible, and adaptable to everybody's life. Yeah. And so if yeah. it becomes that you've got to order from India, everything you're doing, it's no longer affordable and accessible and adaptable. Mm-hmm. Right. So trying to yeah. find ways that it works with your, with your daily life instead of against it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good deal. Well, great. Well, thank you, Jerry. This was a lot of fun. I like that. Yeah. We'll explore some other culinary spices. They've, they've all got reasons why they're in there. Okay, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. <laughs> so thank you, this is Mary Thompson and Jerry Thompson signing off. Bye now. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash now. You can always find us for free wherever you find your podcasts. And remember to subscribe so you'll have access to the latest episodes. We're glad you're here.